You're listening to the Christian Single Moms Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Christian Single Moms Podcast. This is Michelle. Thanks for joining me. Today, I want to share with you some personal encouragement about this season of singleness that so many of us find ourselves in. I find with singleness that it's easy to get discouraged and do things that are holding me back whether that's emotionally or spiritually or in some component of my life. And I was, I just had, I've had a couple of experiences with God lately that have helped me to reframe this season. You know, a lot of times people will tell us that singleness is a gift. And I know when I hear that, I don't get the greatest feeling. (laughs) I know many of you would say the same thing, that raising kids by yourself doesn't always feel like like a treasure, like something that you would want. And something that has helped me to reorient my thought about this is I think there's a shame that comes attached to it when you feel like, I don't want this gift. I don't want to think of this as a gift. And so lately I've been thinking of it more as a season, a season of singleness. And just like with seasons through the year, there's different things that we do in different seasons, you know? So in the wintertime, you know, we cozy up by the fire and we celebrate Christmas and in the summertime we're out and about and enjoying the warm weather and that kind of thing. In this season we are called to do something maybe a little differently and there's a way to make the most out of that just like the seasons of the year. So where this has come from for me recently is realizing that I have actually healed a whole bunch and probably most of the way from things that happened in my marriage and the divorce itself, but that I'm starting to uncover patterns of thought from my childhood and my teenage years that have caused me great struggle and strife and pain, that things that happened to me as a younger person shaped my view of the world that allowed me to be in a relationship that was not good for me, that continues to put me in patterns of relating to people that are not good, whether that's romantic relationships or friendships, and that I have to break this pattern, but I don't necessarily know how to do that. And what it all comes down to, understanding that there is a self-protection in that, that is counter to God's protection for me, that I am trying to do things my own way and I'm seeking comforts and I'm seeking familiar patterns instead of walking into life in a completely new way to discover how it is that God wants me to now take these things on, how it is that God wants me to think about my life and the people that are in it. At the start here, I do want to mention our sponsor, Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling is so incredible. It's Christian counseling on your time. It works through an app and it's fantastic because you just go right on, fill out a survey and it can match you according to your preferences, whether that's spiritual preferences, if you want a counselor who will pray with you during your sessions, you can message your counselor right through the app. You can schedule phone appointments, video appointments. I find it really helpful to have somebody to speak to during this season. So if you go on to getfaithful.com slash single mom, you can actually get 10% off of your first month. So I highly recommend that you go on and have a look at Faithful Counseling. So what kicked off this understanding for me, these experiences I've had with God the last couple of weeks actually was I was in church and there's a song called Egypt by Bethel Music with Corey Asbury. And I have often come to understand me being in a season of singleness 
as kind of a parallel to the Exodus story. And there are lots of parallels here. And for some of you, this will be a really obvious connection. And for others of you, it may not seem that that's what your story is. But for those of you that it may be, what I understand is that there are various types of oppression that I was experiencing. And that in listening to the words of this song about God taking the Israelites out of Egypt, it reminded me of what God had used my divorce actually to take me out of. And that's very unpopular to say that. I know here on the Christian Single Moms podcast, I do not shy away from things that might be controversial about divorce. And the fact of the matter is though, we know God uses all things for our good and that can include a divorce. That whether or not the source of the oppression was in the marriage or outside of the marriage, whether it was something that was happening to you or something that you were doing as far as sinful patterns and that kind of thing, it doesn't necessarily matter. The fact of the matter is we may be experiencing singleness as sort of an exodus from a life that was not leading us towards God or was not bringing us to be better godly women. So I am ugly cry worshiping singing this song, and I know some of you get exactly what that means. <laughs> but as I'm, as I'm listening to the words of this, I'm being reminded, Michelle, like some of these patterns of things that you're doing in your life, these things you're repeating, they're carrying you back to Egypt. They're carrying you back to an oppression and thought patterns and behaviors I don't want you to go back to. So what I wanna do here is really briefly run through that Exodus story and some of the parallels to some of our experiences to get to an understanding of what we can do to change the way we're experiencing a season of singleness. So I'm gonna fast forward us past the 10 plagues and get us to the point where the Israelites have actually left Egypt. Now you'd think in and of itself, seeing 10 plagues enacted like that, you'd think that by seeing that, they would understand, wow, God is for us, like we're getting out of here. Yet in Exodus chapter 14, we see that the Israelites are out and the first thing they're doing is complaining and they're worried and they're fearful that this might not work out for us that in this chapter, what happens is they begin to question Moses. And where they are, they have the Egyptian army coming after them on one side, and they have the Red Sea on the other side, and they don't see a way out. So the Israelites turn to Moses, and they say, why did you lead us here just to die? What was that all for? You know, we could have just stayed back in Egypt and served our masters there. And the thing I think is really incredible here is the word choice. By saying that they could have stayed and served the Egyptians, it shows their own deception in their thought process that doing things the way we had done it before, being in the place where we were before, that that was service. And if you would have asked them before they left Egypt if they thought that was service, absolutely, they would have said, no, this is forced slavery. We don't want this. Yet oftentimes when we're faced with the unknown, we go back to in our mind thinking that there's a good reason why we do things the way we do them. There's a good reason why we relate to people the way that we do. There's a good reason why we parent our kids the way we do. There's a good reason why we have habits or addictions the way that we do. But it's all just a distorted reality because we're afraid to trust God in a situation that doesn't look favorable. The interesting thing about this is previously to this section of Exodus, God tells Moses, I'm going to take the people the long way around because if I take them straight through, if I take them on that direct route, they're going to run into the Philistines there and they're going to be afraid of this powerful warring nation and they're going to turn back and run and I don't want that for them. So all the while, the Israelites are doubting what God is doing in their circumstances 
because they never see exactly what it is that he's working for their good, that their inconvenience is actually his protection. And when I read that, I was like, wow, how many times do I do that? How many times do I look at something that's painful or confusing or not what I want and wonder, how did I do this? This must be a mistake. I must be in the wrong place. But what Moses does in this moment, he responds with some encouragement in Exodus 14, 13, and 14. I'll read it for you out of the ESV. So verse 13 starts, And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. And then verse 14 says, The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. And I'll break down the pieces of this more in a minute, but if we look at it, he's telling them, don't be afraid. Stay committed to God. Stay focused on him in your thought, and you're going to see the work he's going to do. Now, being silent didn't mean that they were just going to stand there quiet and God was going to just mow down this army. They were going to have to move. They'd been moving all this time with God, following the cloud and the fire, and they had to abide. They had to move through process They couldn't control what the outcome was going to be. They didn't know what the outcome was going to be. But by them abiding, they would see where God was going to meet them in that. And that's something God's helped me to understand in the last couple of weeks is that I can't control the outcomes all the time. And things may not look the way I want them to, but that by making moves and making choices and following along with where I think he's calling me to go, that he is going to show me in that, that he's going to work in all of that. And even if I don't have it all right, even if... There's some course corrections that have to happen. There are lessons that I'll learn, and they might be painful, but he's in all of them. So if we keep moving in the story, the Red Sea parts, the Israelites pass through to freedom, and the Egyptians are completely destroyed. It says at the end of chapter 14 that the Israelites saw this, they feared God, they believed in God, they believed in Moses, and then chapter 15 is like a psalm. It's it's a great big song. It's called the Song of Moses, and it's the celebration of what God had done, and it's a complete acceptance that God was on their side, that God is almighty, and that he had their best interests in mind. Yet it's interesting because we move right into chapter 16, and they're already complaining again. They're complaining that they were brought out into this wilderness to die. They are reminiscing about eating by the meat pots and having bread to the full when they were in Egypt and wondering whether or not God was for them anymore. And God in his great provision and love still responds by sending manna for them. And it's a day-to-day provision. It's not what they were used to of having, you know, in our equivalent, like a refrigerator full. It was day by day by day. And I know a lot of us feel that way, that we may have had a life in the past that was a lot more predictable. And being in the season of singleness feels like a day-by-day-by-day challenge. And where we may not see a lot of movement or traction, we're not that different from the Israelites who questioned and worried that we may do some of those same things. I know I do. And this is where the real parallel is for me in understanding that some of us may outwardly think, I want my old life back. I want to go back to that. Why did that get taken away from me? Or why did I leave that? Whatever your particular circumstances are. And some of us, we may not actually think it, But our patterns of behaving and our attitudes might actually show it, that we may actually be looking at where our oppression was before and saying, I kind of want to go back to that, that we miss the comfort of the familiar and that we may think or do things that kind of betray this 
new season that we're in. As much as it may not be favorable, you may not love the season that you're in, but if we're missing out on the fact that it's where God is with us in our life right now, we shortchange what the opportunities are for ourselves in the future. So for example, what I mean is that going after familiar comforts can look like things like a self-rejection. It can mean that we look at things in a victim mode or we make excuses or we put ourselves down. We make ourselves small. That's something I realize I've been doing lately is I make myself small. I try to hide some of these gifts that I have because I don't want to feel disconnected from people. So if I don't come all out and be all me, then I'll keep more people close to me. And that's not a good thing. We may also see this in unhealthy relationship patterns, in being in relationships that are really not a great fit for us, but we stay because we want companionship. We don't want to be lonely. We may cling to addictions or coping behaviors. We may have lots of anxiety. We may try to control things. And that's the difference I mentioned between moving through in process and being open to different outcomes or do we try to manipulate people or do things so we'll get a certain outcome because it makes us feel like we're in control of a situation. All these things keep us stuck right where we're at and they keep us looking backwards where what we really want to do in this season is see where we are and who God wants us to become in it and move forward. And that's really hard to keep sight of when we're trying to manage things like many of us are with how am I working and schooling my kids at home right now. My kids are not going back to the classroom and it's not because I chose it, but it's the way that it is. And so when we're dealing with this stress and this unknown and this frustration, we tend to start running back to patterns and thought processes that bring us to what's familiar rather than what's fulfilling. And that right there is the key of what I want us to focus on here in this season of singleness is how do I live the best, most fulfilling life that I can, knowing that God has been with me through all of my circumstances. He hasn't left me and that there's purpose in this so that I can become that woman that he's always designed for me to be, that my life can reflect the freedom of what he saved me from, what he's pulled me out of, and not rob me of the experience of his purpose in my life. And worse yet, cause me to be the author then of my own oppression by putting myself into situations that are not what my father has for me. So I'm gonna interrupt myself here for a second actually and tell you about a new resource on agapemoms.com. It's called The Seven Loneliness Traps. This is a free guide that you can download right now and it goes over the seven common mindsets that keep us trapped in a feeling of loneliness, which for many of us in this season of singleness is very common. You can get your copy today by going to agapemoms.com slash free. So as I was having this ugly cry worship experience, I felt a great understanding come over me that this season of singleness is not really so much about a relationship status. It is about a singleness and a unity of mind with God aligning my thoughts, my understanding of my purpose, and my actions with him. That really when I'm running to comfort and I'm seeking things that are familiar, that it's when I'm truly out of balance with what God has for my life. And it's interesting because this section I just read to you of Moses' encouragement to the Israelites, there's kind of a parallel here between where God helped me to understand that my singleness of focus should come from and that encouragement that Moses provided to them. So what I mean, for example, is that the first thing that Moses tells the people is, fear not, don't be afraid. 
And that's that first singleness of mind. That's uniting my thoughts with God's thoughts so that I trust him, that I'm not afraid, that my mind is fixed on the bigness and the magnificence of my God who loves me and cares for me and not on my life and my circumstances. And for many of us, this is hard to do because we do not see ourselves the way God sees us. Many of us, and myself included, grew up thinking of ourselves in ways that God does not think of us. And it is hard for me to remind myself over and over and over again, the way God sees me is with pure compassion, tenderness, and love. But that if I do that, if I stay there, then I love myself the way that God loves me. I, I always like myself. It's funny that I always feel like I can like myself, yet I don't love myself. And I don't, I guess I never really thought that there was a difference in between those two things, but that's something I've come to realize recently that doing comfort things, while I might like myself as a person, doing things that are comfortable betrays that. It's not loving myself the way that God loves me. So if I start there with a singleness of thought about God's thoughts towards me, then that moves me into a singleness of purpose. And this goes along with what Moses was saying to the people as far as stand firm. That standing firm is standing on the bedrock of that commitment in your life to moving forward where God has you to go. It's understanding he has been with you the whole way and that he has had purpose in everything that happens to you. That there's meaning in what you've gone through. There is meaning in every season, even when you don't see it. That he's been working on things, whether you understood it or not. And that when we have a singleness of that understanding for the purpose of our lives, that that moves us then into a singleness of action, that we have a unity in our actions that reflects the unity of thought and the unity of understanding our purpose, that no longer would my actions be a betrayal of what God has saved me for, and instead that I would see why the things have that have happened in my life have happened. And this goes along with what Moses was telling the people as far as seeing the salvation of the Lord. Again, just as I said in that moment, it didn't mean that they were going to see it by sitting around and praying and waiting for it to happen. They had to move and it came from a unity of action and moving in a way that reflected what God had for them. That we see the victory of God in our lives because we choose to believe that he's working in it and we act that way. And there are many times I look at things that I've done or things that I think or ways that I've treated people and I see clearly I'm responding out of fear. I'm responding out of comfort. I'm responding out of insecurity. And all of those things look like going back to what God had rescued me from rather than being a reflection of what he's rescued me for. And all of this is a reflection of where Moses says to the people to be silent, that all we have to do is be silent. What we are being called to in this season is to silence that voice of doubt that causes us to crave familiarity, that causes us to do things that we don't want to do, that causes us to move into places that maybe we weren't even called to. God works in all of those things for us, even when we get off track. I've seen it. But how much more fulfilling is our life when we can turn away from it and say, I don't want that because it's not what God has for me. It's hard to do, but that's where that abundant life comes from that God has for us. That by silencing the draw of the familiar, we can step into the fulfilling. To me, that's what the gift is in singleness. It's having the ability to understand rescue and to begin to reformulate and reshape life in such a way that brings fulfillment or whatever season God would have for us beyond this. 
that in all of our mess, he's making our mission. He's showing us the people he wants us to be with and go to that we would fill and be filled by that even when life has us down, even when finances don't look good, even when we're struggling with exes and discipline with our kids and wondering why and regretting choices that we've made, that we can leave all that behind, leave it in Egypt and move into the promised land. I'm praying that something I said today would encourage you wherever you're at in your season of singleness. If you have questions or feedback, I'd really love to hear from you. And you can get in touch with me by going on agapemoms.com and filling out the contact form there or through social media at agapemoms on Facebook or Instagram. I so appreciate you joining me today and I'm very much looking forward to having you with me next time.